Hello and welcome to episode seven of the First Exchange podcast with me, your host, Lydia Daydal, and I'm delighted to be joined in studio by IBO world champion, Maxi Hughes. Thank you for having me, just in case. Get anyone, that belt anyone, up. Anyone didn't believe us? <laughs> this one here, showing this one here. There it yeah. is. Yeah. The new belt. The new belt. Unfortunately, we needed to get a hook in here. We had to like <laughs> put our little shelf from behind it. Yeah. Uh, thank you for coming in. My pleasure. Delighted to have you here. Yeah. It's funny, right? This is episode seven since we started doing the new version of the First Exchange podcast. Um, bar two coaches, but world champion coaches, Dave Coldwell and Dominic Engel. Everyone else has been a world champion. Lovely. So for some reason, we were just kicking <laughs> off with and it's just the way yeah. it happens. So I'm delighted to have you here. So first things first, how is life as a world champion? It's been brilliant. You know, I am back at work, which we're come crashing back to reality. But, you know, I think uh, been quite popular on site. I've only, I've not been having that much work to do on site, but I've been doing full days. <laughs> yeah. Because everybody's coming round and chatting. <laughs> Pictures, bit, signed yeah. autographs. Yeah, I did. I did. I have had. A, I've had a picture. I've asked for signed stuff. Um, been asked to bring obviously belt in, but yeah. So I think it's too much of a risk to get some paint on it, like. <laughs> so I don't think I'm going <laughs> to fetch it in. But yeah, so it's been it's been great. Uh, really good. Were you surprised that? social media was so surprised to hear that you were back in work on site i think so you know people presume professional boxer mm -hmm. boxing on the event that i did they, they presume that everybody's loaded everybody gets into a ferrari and makes the way home or yeah. you know maybe not ferrari but just don't have to worry about going back to work i, I booked an extra week off so i could recover and, and get mm -hmm. over it and enjoy it moment but yeah yeah strapped back to work keeping my feet firmly on the ground but yeah it's been i put a tweet out and i just did it just for tweeting saying you know i'm i don't think what what didn't help is my facial expression on the picture <laughs> i look sad <laughs> but that's not what's going on inside inside i'm smiling and i'm happy mm -hmm. but it just don't come off on my face I remember a few times being at work and people say are you all right, Paul? You're like, you've got world on your shoulders at the minute. And I'm like, no, no, I'm, 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 I am in a really good mood. I'm really happy and, you know, things are going really well for me. Yeah. But my, you know what they say, resting bitch face. Yeah. <laughs> my face doesn't tell the story of, of what's on going on inside. <laughs> so that, that tweet I put out, you know, you know, seemed to send a lot of people unhappy. Like, Eddie Hearn got a bit of stick saying, Eddie, what are you doing? Get this man full time, yeah. this and that. I'm like... I, I do actually choose to go back. I don't mm. I don't have to go back, but, you know, in the meantime, I, I've got sort of one eye on the future. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to be on site for the rest of my working life. I want to, hopefully, whatever my fight money is, keep that to the side, not touch my fight money, mm -hmm. um, and then go back to work and use my wages for mm -hmm. paying bills, etc. And... Um, so that when I do retire from boxing, I'm open to have a nice big pot of gold that yeah. I can use for investments. You know, if my, my daughters want to do well in their sort of lives when they get older, mm -hmm. um, do that. Just generally just make life easier. And you know, I give a lot of credit to my wife. She's, I think she's still the breadwinner in, in the house. Mm -hmm. So without her, you know, this boxing and, and all the boxing through the years when I have had other time, time off training it's all been down to her to support the household so mm -hmm. a lot of credit for me for my wife can we talk about that for the moment because it's very 
um, it's an interesting uh, kind of social topic, you know, it's kind of, you see it on, you know, social media and the memes and it's always like, you know, Tupac or Conor McGregor and it's always yeah, like their yeah. girlfriends that they have from the, st- the start or their wives yeah, yeah. and like you know and there's a great quote that says um, a woman's loyalty is tested when a man has nothing and a man's loyalty is tested when a woman ha- or when, a, when a man has everything yeah yeah and so mm. like when you understand the kind of way of the professional fighter and how tough it is and how difficult it is you know to hear that you have someone at home that's saying I'm going to support you and I'm going to allow you to go and you know chase your dream and I believe in you I imagine that is like a massive bonus or a plus in terms of you then wanting to go and achieve you know getting to world champion now's the time this stage in my career now is where I can reward her like um, we've been together since we were 15 so Mm -hmm. you know uh, childhood sweethearts so Yeah, she's she's always been by my side, always supported me, and uh, sort of. I feel this is why I want to reward her because you know, of it years boxing sort of been priority. Mm. Um, we've had holidays cancelled, trips yeah. thingy, or when we have gone somewhere, I've been sat in corner miserable because I'm training and I'm dieting yeah. and I'm cold <laughs> and I'm just fuming. Sat if you're resting out. bitch face, yeah, on. <laughs> yeah, and purposely putting it on then. But yeah. Uh, so this time now, it's I'm I'm wanting to reward her mm-hmm. and and hopefully I'm in a position now where I can plan my fights and yeah. plan everything more structurally so we can say right fighting here or we need to do this then so we can go on holiday here or we can go and do that we can take kids there and just make her you know make her happy and, mm-hmm. and look after her and treat her because I have previous fights like the Martin Ward fights they had uh, Sam Bowen fight they had. It wasn't massive money I were on then, but I did take time off. Um, and that's when she stepped in and covered everything mm-hmm. and says, you know, I'll I'll look after you, go and chase your dream. Mm-hmm. I'll just be, you know, running the house. And she still does that, you know, bless her. She, uh, the household, all everything, the bills, council, everything is, yeah. she just runs it. It's like a military mm-hmm. operation. She has it nailed down. So she sounds amazing. Yeah, what a woman she is. Um, she sounds amazing. So now's the time. This time in my career now is where I can reward her and mm-hmm. and hopefully you know I might buy her a nice watch summer or yeah, <laughs> some nice treat. What what she does want is when we got engaged. So I, I was still I didn't have loads of money. So mm-hmm. the engagement ring I got a. It were it were okay. She's got a she's got a funny not funny taste, but a specific taste. Yeah. I had specific guidelines. It had to be a rose gold ring. Yeah. And this was when the time when rose gold wasn't that popular, it wasn't properly on scene. So I went to about five or six jewelers. No chuffing rose gold anywhere. <laughs> so I just made do with one I did find. <laughs> so it won it were it's a nice one, she still wears it. Um but she says if if I could have a sort of um a nice item of jewellery. Yeah. I'd like to renew my engagement ring. So yeah. hopefully I can uh, make her happy with uh, a new engagement Absolutely. ring. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I look forward to the updates on how <laughs> yeah. you get on with that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, also as well, what you touched on there about having, you know, your pot of gold and your investment for future and deciding to stay with work, 
you know, at this stage in your career. Mm. Do you put that down to like obviously having the supports at home and having a family or would that be you? Would you be a very sensible character? And the reason I'm asking is we see so much in this sport that fighters get to a certain stage. They get to, you know, a little bit more money, you know, and they've struggled for so long. So I imagine then when it comes, it's very easy to go, yep, I'm going out, I'm spending, you know what I mean? So (laughs) for you, is it, is it because you have a young family that, you know, things are a little bit different for you? I think, yeah, I think there's, there's a bit of that in there, but I think it's just where I'm from. I think I have always been sensible and, and I think just generally tight Yorkshireman. <laughs> but I think, you know, my mum my was, mum um, was a, she still is a, just a real grafter. She spent a lot of time as a single mum with three kids and a fairly big mortgage. Mm. So she sort of, without realising, we're not saying copy what I do, but just seeing how she went through life, always, as I was younger at school, she just always seemed tired. Yeah. And it's because she was working nights at the Royal Mail sorting office. So she'd go to work, come back home at six, have an hour's sleep before she had to get us up for school, get us dressed, do school run. She'd come back, have another hour's sleep, and then go out cleaning for most of the day, come back, have an hour, then pick us up from school. And then, like, for me, it were before boxing, I did rugby. So it mm. was like, get me to rugby training, Brother and sister did Brownie and Scouts. Brother also played football. It was sorting kids out there. Mm. And then then obviously I started boxing. So it was like getting me boxing here, there and everywhere. And um, so she was just flat out. And then she'd try and sort that, have an hour before then going doing a night shift. But she never once complained or mm. out like that. So without, you know, uh, saying, we're just watching her and thinking, she's just a grafter. Yeah. And we had... Value, you know, we, we knew the value of things mm-hmm. from an early age. You know, growing up on council estates, so never for she, she, we never felt like we, we struggled for out, ever wanted for out. Mm-hmm. We were happy with what we had, but I think just being grounded and my feet on ground mm-hmm. um, and seeing her always, you know, always like you know, like you daydream. Oh, I'd love to have a big house, this nice cars, nice things. When I when I get older, yeah. and I still daydream like that now. I think. I'd like to have a big house, this and that. Yeah. So I think now things are starting to turn around for me and, and you know, remaining humble and just being sensible. Uh, I've I've listened to numerous boxers' interviews of it years and seeing uh, famous boxers struggle in retirement mm-hmm. and, and, like you say, blow the money. They come from north. Most boxers are, you know, from council estates, yeah. so don't, don't have a lot. So... Um, I've sort of had one eye in the future always thinking, I don't want that to be me. Mm. I don't want to, you know, get a bit of money and then retire and be like, right now I've got nothing. I've got nothing to show for all them years grinding and risking my life getting in the ring. So quite sensibly, and and I think that helps having my wife as a a good woman Mm -hmm. in my life to say, you know, let's let's think about things. Let's try and be smart if if we come into some money let's be smart with it mm-hmm. and let's not struggle later in life. So I think just, you know, by having the people around me and my family, it's just just keeping me humble and mm-hmm. keeping my feet on ground and being sensible. Absolutely. Where do you think your uh, self-belief has come from? You know, mm. when we look at 
world champion. I mean, there's only yeah. a small percentage of people yeah, who yeah. get there, you know, yeah. and you've had a long run in this sport, you know, you've got yeah. the experience. So to stick with your passion, with your goals and, and, you know, to ultimately fight and keep going until you got here, you know, yeah. what do you attribute that to? Um, just persistence, I guess. But um, my, uh, my confidence and self-belief has only really gone up to new levels since the John O'Carroll fight last mm. year. Um, like the fights I'd, I'd got, I mean, the previous two times I fought for the British and didn't get it, I'd got there on merit. I didn't just get a voluntary. I, yeah. I was made mandatory. So I'd earned my way up. Um, but when it did get to those big fights, I never forget the first time a boxing sky against Scotty Cardle. Mm. I think we were both like 10 and 0. So it were a massive fight for a central area. Um, two unbeaten fighters live on sky. And the occasion did me. I, I were a beaten man before I even got in ring. Mm. Like it helped, I think, Scotty with his momentum. He was signed by Matchroom. He was training out in Gallagher's gym. And then that, I always remember tell, I like telling people like I had um, some trainers from Rotherham um, and then when I looked across the ring from me, you've got Joe Gallagher, you've got Scotty Cardle giving it this at me, <laughs> smashing his gloves together. And then behind him, you've got Anthony Crawler, Scott Quigg and Paul Smith. Yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> Get your coat. Look, I'm off. <laughs> look who I'm against here, man. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's just experience again, mm. but for the what we're going through in my head in them first first three to four rounds were don't get caught don't get dropped don't do no stupid because you're live on telly yeah and that should never be going through my head it should be listening to what my coach was saying following their instruction but i couldn't absorb what they were telling me because mm. my nerves had beat me and the occasion had got to me and i got a little bit better in my other fights um i knew i were up against it when i boxed martin ward but uh i did i did it was a good performance and it we ended up a draw uh, which I do believe I should have got, should have nicked that decision. Yeah. And you never know, my career could have gone different, but I never sort of lived with that sort of regret. Mm. And oh, But then again, in the rematch um, at Leeds, the, the big occasions bothered me. And I felt confident in training, believed I could win. Um, but then that self-doubt, them demons used to creep in on fight night, which now I've got this experience. I learned to deal with them where... Mm. I didn't have the experience to deal with him. Like, it's a funny story. It's a recent Disney film, Luca. Have you ever seen it? No. Oh, well, <laughs> it's quite funny. Like, the, there's two young lads. They want to go really fast down this massive steep hill on a bike yeah. into the sea, and it's dangerous. And one of the boys says, just tell your demons. He calls his de demons Bruno. Says the call it's in Italian. It says Silencio Bruno, and it means I think like go away to your demons. Yeah. Where I laugh at it now because I thought I could have done with this years ago, <laughs> shouting my demons to go away. But I think the experience I've had just over years and the setbacks I've had and comebacks and you know finally getting here and I think it's all just experience that has mm. paid off and learning to do it. Like eleven years now as a professional, so you know, there's not much I haven't seen mm -hmm. um, and I think I'll, as well training alongside Josh who's world class you know, yeah. he's, he's held the IBF title um, so that helps seeing how he deals with it and chatting with him he does a lot of visualisation mm -hmm. and stuff which is I started to do and I did some work with Mark Hurley like you know some work upstairs Yeah. Um, visualisation where I'd, I'd lay on my bed close my eyes and 
know, really get into deep relaxation and visualize things and, and, and think what, what is it that's bothering me? Why, why is mm. it bothering me? So I felt like I got to the bottom of that. And like, since doing that, the nerves, there's, obviously I get nervous for the fact mm. everybody does, but I don't get to a point where fear sets in and then demons start coming. You know, before they even enter, I'm able to shut them out and get rid of them and just fully concentrate. But I've rambled on here. To no, I, please keep going. Um, it's a fascinating. It's very, very interesting. Yeah, it's something I've just learned to deal with since doing that work with Mark, where every time uh, I think about the fight, just visualise things in a mm. positive way. And, and what I do do is you know, probably like most fighters do a lot. There's thousands and thousands of videos on YouTube of, mm -hmm. you know, your, your old time boxers, how they deal, deal with it. And, and one person in particular, Conor McGregor, obviously gets a lot of stick now, but from what he came from mm. to the highs that he's reached. And I only really watched UFC because of him. Mm. Other than that, I wasn't really bothered about it. So seeing how he deals mentally with that side of it, because I believe that, you know, in boxing, especially on them big nights where the the matchroom shows and your BT shows, all them big events and title fights, it's one up it's one up here. Yeah. Obviously everybody trains hard and you get your body in perfect uh, physical condition for a fight. Mm. But if that's if that's ready but this isn't ready upstairs, you won't it won't you won't be able to deliver. Your mind won't be able to tell your body to do what it needs to do to get these mm. wins and and overcome the occasion, deal with the nerves, mm -hmm. what come in. Because they, they will always try and creep in fight night with them big occasions. It's hard not to, it's human nature. Yeah. But you've got to train your brain to learn to deal with it. And I feel, I feel over years that I've been doing it, I've, I have learned to deal with that. And um, so when it did come round to the John O'Carroll fight, we got off of that fight and I thought, I can, I can, I can win this. And uh, the belief that Sean has in me, and I got full trust and faith in mm -hmm. what he tells me to do. He says, "Just well, this is how we're going to do. This is his game plan." Mm -hmm. He says, "Trust me, you will beat him." And I thought, "I am going to beat him." And mm -hmm. then, obviously, we got that result. For the final bell went for after ten rounds, and I thought, I "Feel like I've won here. I feel like yeah. I beat him in the exchanges. Finished on top. Didn't catch me a lot, but then like." We had to wait for judges to get the scorecards yeah. together, and I thought, this feels like it's taking a lifetime here. Mm. Um, but then, you know, I, I got the win. Yeah, it was close. It was a close fight, but believed uh, I got the win. Um, did enough to win, um, and then it clicked. I was like, right, I've got that win. I've got that momentum. Uh, I thought I always knew I had one of them big wins in there, uh, mm. just to set the ball rolling and. You know, when, when you hear about fighters talk about gaining momentum and having momentum yeah. in the career, this is what I've now got. I've just gone from strength to strength. And then just the way, the even now, I think I'm, my mind's constantly learning, constantly getting stronger mm -hmm. and adapting. And nothing phases me. I think as well, experience helps. Yeah. Like I said, been around boxing a long time, been to a lot of big shows, boxed on them, watched them, been around the fighters that's been involved in the big fights. Mm -hmm. So... It's all experience I've gathered and you know when I am sort of there, I'm like a sponge just absorbing everything, listening, watching, taking it all in and now I'm using it. Now I'm using it for my advantage to yeah. get these wins and, and go on and achieve what I've achieved. Mm -hmm. And also it feels like, you know, your 
time in the sport to this point and the experience that you've mm. had they're all now going towards this story that you have as a sort of like yeah. underdog you know the Cinderella yeah, man yeah. and it goes with the story and it's you know for people like Matrium Dazone it's like okay brilliant now we can build on this yeah, and yeah, here absolutely. is a branding yeah. kind of yeah. avenue that we can go with Maxi Hughes and build them up that way you know and it's like coming from you know Yorkshire like you say and yeah. it's that whole you know working class man working class person that loves boxing and you know it's like an old school sort of yeah, yeah. Uh, boxing sort of relationship yeah. you know so it's been very exciting to see the the journey kind of yeah. unfolds I mean Mrs always says cuz I am I am really naturally shy I'm yeah. I am a natural introvert I remember my mum always saying when I first started going to school, I just wouldn't talk to anyone. I wouldn't engage. Um, so my mum said, the teacher pulled my mum to the side saying, I think you need, you, you, your child might need a bit of extra help here because it just doesn't engage, not doing anything. But you know, when, I, when I feel comfortable and like my wife says, it's good now that people are, you, you're getting to show your character because... Yeah. She is like something rubbish I come out with every day. <laughs> she says, I'm glad people, other people get to yeah. see it now. She says, I've heard it all yeah. a million times before, but it's good that people are seeing your character. She says, because you are pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. yeah. No, especially the, the build-up to, you know, the Lara Warrington card was just, mm. you know, it was good fun and there was always good banter yeah. and the clips were great. And that the video yeah. that you put up on Twitter about, like, the... Was it the site manager? Oh, yeah. Saying, yeah. like, you know, it'll yeah. happen one day, mate. Yeah, you know, yeah. keep going. Like, one of them, I really didn't have time to explain it. And we like, laughed in this office. <laughs> like, we watched it on repeat because you've been, you know, I've been there. Yeah. Do you know I mean? I've been there, with, like, you know, doing the doing this. Yeah, yeah. And people going, like, you keep going. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're like, oh, God, you know. Yeah. I used to do music before this and, like, people would say, and do you write your own music? I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm bloody signed to Universal Music for crying out loud, you know. But you just let people... People yeah, yeah. have the conversation and stuff yeah. like that, you know, but it was really, really good, really great fun. Yeah. Was it your mum who put you into boxing then from school? Your teacher saying you needed a little bit of confidence or? No, it was something. So so before I did boxing, I was playing rugby league, but the mates I got at school were, we started playing rugby at school, mm. playing for the school team. But then um, some of my mates were playing for Doncaster. I, I played rugby league, whereas school or union and, right, I, and okay. I, I want I'd, I'd rather play rugby league mm. believe it's still believe it's a little bit tougher I know it's still a still a tough game it's still rugby but yeah. with all the kicking in union uh, how fast um, rugby league is um, I just thought I, I want I don't know I'll have a go at that because mm. I was pretty fit and athletic always out on my bike running and stuff so I thought you know I want I want to have a go at it so I did rugby league for two seasons um and then in going in, I think we were heading into the third season. In the pre-season training, uh, as a team, we went to a boxing gym, um, which is now Freedom Boxing Club, um, oh, okay. which I spent uh, quite a few years trained by Jimmy Arrington and Dave Woolley. Yeah. So spent quite a bit of time training there. So uh, it used to be Pete Bell, <coughs> excuse me, Pete Bell used to run it and he had quite a lot to do with rugby. So... As a rugby team, we went there for pre-season training mm. once a week. You know, something different, just to keep us interested, keep us build some fitness yeah. before the season started. But I thought, I, I, quite, I quite like this boxing. And, mm. you know, it's a solo sport. I want to I have a go at this. So I asked my mum, 
So, Mum, I think I want to have a go at boxing. She went, yeah, all right. Um, she said, I think there is a lad who works at Royal Mail Sorting Office who used to do boxing. She said, I think he was Yorkshire champion. So, so when I go into work, I'll, I'll ask him. So he came back and says, oh, yeah, um, I used to go to Doncaster Plant Works, which is based in Exthorpe. Um, it's got a great old trainer, Ken Blood, and Paul Harrison. Um, so so here's, here's the dresses where it is. So we, t- we, we turned up. My mum says, right, I've found a gym. I'll, I'll take you. So I didn't realise, like, amateur boxing, there is still a season. Mm-hmm. So I turned up for, like, the last week of the season of the, of the gym we're up in that Ken used to close gym of summer so we turn up he says oh he says we're closing after today um, so he says um, come back in I think it was like maybe six four, four, four to six weeks I think it was he says come if you're still interested come back then so you know I thought you know what I'm gonna uh, I fancy it so you know, I kept on at my mum when, when I was gonna go out um, and she took me back and they says, oh, yeah, you're back. Um, so this was just right. Uh, that's it. Um, so it was me, me who I just wanted to try it. Mm-hmm. And then I felt I almost felt committed straight away. It was like I, I had my first session and I, I remember it like like it was yesterday. Um, it says, right, it says, it was, Ken used to watch the sparring. Like there were two rooms. There were ring, ring, room where ring was sparring were going off. Then all bags. Says right, he got me some old smelly gloves out of a box. He went, yeah, put them on. Uh, you just go on that go on that bag in corner. I'm just gonna go and watch a bit of spar, and then I'll come back mm-hmm. and I'll I'll show you how you need to stand it and all that sort of stuff. So didn't know how to stand, and just, I just stood square on, <laughs> and like I could see all other lads in gym. Same when like oh, there's someone new in. Let's just keep an eye on him, see what yeah. he's like. <laughs> could see them all just on the wrong bag. But, Bag just white enough, just started smashing into bag. No, didn't know what I was doing. Or out, and he came back and he went right. He says, "What handed are you?" He says, "I'm left handed." He went, "All oh, right, southpaw then." So he told me how to stand, and he says, "This is how you jab," and that were it. That's just how I got. And how I like sort of felt I had to come back. End of session. He were like, "Oh yeah, right. Um, we'll we'll be back in Wednesday. So I'll see you Wednesday, yeah." So I was like, right, he said, see you Wednesday. So we've got to come back Wednesday. Yeah. And that's how it was. I never, I never, I never were like, right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to be back then. I'm going to do this and do that. It was just mm-hmm. like, oh, he, he said, come back Wednesday. So we've got to come back, mum. Yeah. And that were it. And then I just sort of like, whatever he said, I did. Mm-hmm. Like a robot. <laughs> whatever he said. And then b- before I knew it, I was sparring and then, no. Fast forward all that years, I'm here now. <laughs> so how it's always been. But how old would you have been then? Oh, 15 when I... 15. Yeah. So like, I mean, th- this is the the beauty of community boxing and mm. community sports really, isn't yeah, it? Where yeah. like, yeah. you know, a teen or younger goes into, you know, a gym or a boxing gym, whatever it is. And, you know, like that, stand square on a bag yeah. and like just, yeah. you know, but you just don't know where it will end up. You don't know yeah. where that person will end up, no, you know? Yeah. That's I, why I that's dreamed. why these coaches are so important. These guys yeah, yeah. that are going in after mm. a day's work and they're spending one, two yeah. hours, you know, training eight eight to 12 year olds, like doing Absolutely, a little bit of drills yeah. and stuff. Like how important um, yeah. and how, always say it like how, um, what's the word? Like you know, underappreciated, I suppose. Yeah, that they yeah. Are. I was going to say, you know, give a massive load of appreciation for all the amateurs out there because 
they don't get paid. No. They sacrifice, you know, gyms that are open, they're sacrificing that whole evening. Yeah. And a lot of them also get the stress of looking after the gym, the building, yes. the equipment. and Yeah. Trying know, to raise funds for rent. Exactly, yeah. You know, yeah. And, you know, fair, uh, big, massive credit to them all because, mm -hmm. you know, the boxers who, you know, go on and, and earn money, they've done it from that, from, from people who... Mm -hmm. Just, just love the sport and sacrifice yeah. their their evenings and you know the weekends as well for championships, traveling mm -hmm. like when there's when you're taking a fighter out like I remember being at school and fighting up in northeast to like mm -hmm. Newcastle like they're just late nights you're not getting back yeah. in while well, gone twelve o'clock and mm -hmm. you know they've they've still got to get up for work as well yeah next day they they're as dedicated if not more dedicated than. The boxers, because they've also got they've got to be at gym before them to open up, yeah. And they're always the last to leave after cleaning up, yeah. And more, you know, not that high profile, you know, uh, coaches or fighters aren't passionate about the sport, but it's a yeah. lot harder to yeah, be passionate yeah. about the sport when there's no real, you know. Um, no reward, really. No rewards, yeah. exactly. The reward is seeing these kids yeah. potentially go on to achieve yeah, something, yeah. which in your case even, would have even been... Even, I think, as well, the, the reward is maybe seeing just a real shy kid. He might not win any yeah. fights, but he might transform his life. He might become a more confident yeah. person. A, a, ch a chunkier kid comes in, he might lose weight and just be generally yeah. healthier. So he could mm -hmm. say, I've helped him in his life. Yeah. I've helped him do this or do that. And... And as well, some of the else I have to worry about is, you know, as a boxer, you've sort of just got yourself, mm. yourself to worry about. Yeah. They've got a gym full of kids to worry about. And, yeah. You know, credit to them, real credit to them. Can you remember the first time you got properly hit in the face? Um, not the first time, but I remember the first real shot that really hurt me. Um, kid called Michael Archer, he came, he came, he, he doesn't box anymore, but he came to, to watch me fight in Leeds, um, but he was real good with right, his right hand, nice and straight, he used to throw it, but remember just, I'd sparred him a few times, and I'd started getting to grips with boxing, uh, but he threw a right hand, and it, first time I'd like, had a quick glimpse at ceiling, <laughs> and my head got snapped back, and I saw it seeing, and I was like, Phew. <laughs> that were a good shot. My eyes were water. I, I'm not crying. I'm, I'm not crying. He's, he's hit me on nose here. <laughs> but yeah, that, I think that that sh that particular shot, that right hand he caught me with, really stands out. Um, but yeah, like sort of my first everything, like down to my first fight, my first spar. Got told off in my first spar because again the nerve. Like when he says right, you I think I'd only been trained twice, and then old cancer's right because he calls me Danny then. My real name's Danny. He says, Danny, you're going to spar tonight. I'm like, right. Uh, nerves started building. And yeah. then Edgar, never had an Edgar on, so that my hearing were muffled. Yeah. And I'm trying to listen to what he said, but I'm looking at the kid who I'm going to spar, and he was bigger than me, and I'm like, it's, it's, it's like a fight, because yeah. I, uh, I, I still, to this day, I hate confrontations. Mm. It's strange that I'll get in a ring and I'll fight, <laughs> but hate confrontations. And that the first time, I thought it was like, it's a confrontation, I'm going to have to fight him. So legs started shaking, nerves were building. I not listened to a word Ken was saying, mm -hmm. but whenever I'd, whenever I had a bell in that gym, it was just down to Ken watching old clock ticker. He used to just time it, he'd say, Right, time, go. Sometimes you could be doing five-minute rounds. Can I go? Oh, sorry, it's time, lad, time. <laughs> but this particular, my first spar, 
my hearing one more fully. It, it was almost like a blur. He says, right, time, go. And I, because I'm naturally left-handed, I'd not used, not trained my right arm yet. Yeah. So everything <laughs> was left-hand, chasing him round ring. Yeah. And then before I knew it, he were running round ring because he, he was pretty new to it. And I'm chasing him with a cocked left arm <laughs> like this round ring. And then all of a sudden, Ken got at me and going, stop, stop, stop. He says, that's not how you do it. This is not street fighting. Yeah. We've got a box. And he says, you don't do it like that. And that's when he was like, you've got to jab your way in, this and that. And yeah. all that. Right, right. And then that's when the red mist slowly the comes down. The red mist? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now, now you get to appreciate spire partners and yeah. stuff like that. And yeah. it all, you know, got to grips with it that way. But, yeah. What an experience. I remember that. I still remember the feeling. They used to have these big old pillow gloves. They never had no laces or Velcro, but they had like sort of tight there. But when yeah. big lads had them and stretched them on, they were just like big pillars on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though, isn't it? How like you remember things like that from like yeah. that probably at the time didn't feel that significant but now when you look back on them oh, like yeah, they, yeah. they you know you have yeah. that memory like you say you feel the feeling of yeah. that experience yeah and even down to me that's what one thing my wife says i'll know if you've got a problem with boxing if your memory goes because i'm yeah. really i've got a brilliant memory and like down to my first ever fight back in uh in round here around barnsley somewhere uh in an old working men's club tiny little place crammed in absolutely red art and they were still smoking then yeah so you could barely see out and then what like, your what boxing goes on yeah yeah you're yeah, joking yeah. me so it was still smoking while you're in, in wicking men's club right and uh just like it were time for my fight and like you know there's no security like there is on the big shows yeah escorting the fighters yeah. to ring it big ash just... isn't it ash from matthew yeah, yeah. he does the main None escort, of that. Yeah. the trainer saying excuse me pal excuse me pal excuse me <laughs> and then you see a little little 15 year old kid coming in petrified they're going oh look oh, lads lads stand back fight fighters here fighters here now they're like <laughs> good, good luck youngin good luck spilling the spilling the pint on you um, brilliant but yeah what an experience and and I, st I started out as a big puncher me as an amateur I think I stopped my first three or four just by that crazy no right hand just left hand chasing yeah. them and because I, I were pretty fit and strong from rugby mm. so um, I managed to stop my first low but after the first one the I didn't realise the referee had waved it off and sent me back to my corner and I remember going back Ken, what's happened? Why they stopped it? And I was like trying to catch your breath. What's happened? What's happened? And I went, you've won. I says, what? What? He says, you've won. Referee stopped it. You've won. I'm like, have I? And I'm like almost in disbelief. I'm like, and then when he took my head guard off, I was like, oh, and then realised I'm in it. I must have had 200 fags in that minute and a half. That Passes spot. a point. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, girl, what, what a memory, yeah. A brilliant I'd, lo I'd love to go back to that working on oh I was you're telling those stories it. I was like I want mine tonight there it sounds <laughs> yeah. like a great night <laughs> yeah 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 some, some memories then well loved them do you and touching on you know like the, the guy and work and stuff like that now obviously that you've won the world title people in your area uh, have you got many people have been like I remember when or you know yeah yeah I've still got and I've, I've I need to arrange it but I was, old Kenny's passed away now 
Um, but Paul's still Paul's running the Doncaster plant. They've moved gyms, but they're still in Exford. But I am going to go down and you know mm-hmm. choke kids. I would I would never know real standout amateur. Mm. I've just you know somehow got a steely resilience and great yeah. determination to finish. So I can go down and explain. You know, you don't have to be the best fighter in gym. Mm-hmm. You just got with boxing now. You just got to have steely grit and determination. And, yeah. Don't let setbacks bother you. So you know, mm-hmm. I want to go back and show show the young the young you know young kids there that mm-hmm. you know you you can achieve it if you if you really really yeah. want it. Things can be achieved. Hundred percent. And that what you touched on as well that you know not let setbacks mm. affect you. Like that's not just boxing. That's like such a good you know lesson for life isn't it you know what I mean like that's I think the hardest part that people have in life is trying something new or getting to a certain point in a career or whatever it might be and getting a big setback and then going it's not for me yeah exactly you know and then just leaving it it's the same in everything in life I do a lot of you know reading well I say reading I've got audible <laughs> listen whatever way you can it, get us, it get us. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got lots of books and i have read books but god it just takes me forever to read books because if yeah. i as soon as i start reading i forget what i've read and i'll get to a page yeah. and a half and i'm it's <laughs> yeah. nodding and i'm asleep and i'm like yeah. next day i'm like i can't remember reading this page <laughs> so i've downloaded audible and i listen i listen to a lot of you know, successful people, and yeah. you guarantee every successful person out there, like Richard Branson, for instance, just is 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 obviously super successful now. Yeah. But he hasn't had it all his own way. He's had no. setback, companies mm-hmm. failed, had to close this down, had to close that down. Mm-hmm. So in life, nothing you know, nothing comes easy. Mm-hmm. You know, like I say, if, if everything, if something were easy, everybody would do it. But yeah, and it is a good mantra just for life in general. Um, setbacks make you stronger and you mm. learn from them and make you appreciate things when you do get like uh, like although i'm having this success now i first started boxing when 15 so i've been at this 16 years now mm-hmm. you know it's not come overnight and it's setback after setback like every, when i've had my setbacks um it means going dropping back then my setbacks have been like on sky and if i'd have won i could have then continued to be yeah on Sky and having big fights always on telly but for me it's meant right I'm back to the small all shows struggle to sell tickets because you know people want to go to the big shows mm-hmm. the big events so it's been a struggle and um, you know recently like my manager Steffi Bull uh, a big credit to him mm-hmm. because the setbacks have had it means going back on his shows the small all shows which are a platform for you know your local fights to build up um, and get wins, which I haven't always sold enough tickets to even pay my opponent. Mm. Um, like people re- need to realise on the small or shows, it's all about selling tickets. Your first, if you're in a four rounder, for say, your first twelve hundred pound is your opponent's. Mm-hmm. The next bit of money is to to cover the cost of the fight uh, and try and make some money for the promoter who's paid to put the show on. Mm-hmm. Then anything else after that is yours and. There's been a, quite a few times I've boxed for nothing, you know, mm. but I'm not, I've just known it's never questioned my uh, determination and desire to fight. It's for I know I need to I need to fight. I need to get a mm. win to be able to continue and hopefully get back to a big fight. But there's been times where Steffi's just paid me out of his own pocket. I think he must have felt sorry for me. So yeah. 
a big thank you to Steffi, um, you know, for him still to keep putting his shows on and providing a platform mm-hmm. for young fighters. You know, I've, I've spoke to him recently about, you know, in the small old shows coming back. He had his first one at weekend. Which, we were there. Yeah, I covered yeah, it. Yeah, uh, it was Everybody great. said it, it did well. Tickets did well. Yeah, sold so their I'm, show. I'm glad I'm, glad I'm happy for him because he deserves it. Because um, he, he almost felt like when I spoke to him, he says... During lockdown, he was like almost glad because he's got his life back, yeah. spending time with his missus and his kids. Mm-hmm. Um, he was dreading him coming back, like the stress and the hassle of the yeah. small old shows. But he says, if I don't put them on, where's the next Max Hughes? Where's the next Terry mm-hmm. Harper, Jason Cunningham? This is the platform that we all come from. Yeah. And look what we've done. He says, so he feels like a duty to the mm-hmm. area um, to put these on, to you know, to provide the lads and lasses with the opportunity to hopefully go and do something with their mm-hmm. with their careers. Absolutely. And th- that point in saying a duty of like that's it, right? Yeah. That goes back to the community yeah, yeah. Yeah. community boxing give coaches. It, back, you know, giving back to the community and like th- for me that's they're the real heroes. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly, that like yeah. people that, you yeah. know, are doing stuff to help the next generation or the communities when they don't have to. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. He's doing it because Deep down, he loves boxing. Yes. Um, you know, it, it questions us at times where you've had enough of it, you've had a bad day, you think, I'm sick of it, I'm done yeah. with it. You know, I've been there myself. I, I hung up the gloves in 2018 and I thought I were done with it. But, you mm-hmm. know, that desire, that, that love deep, deep down yeah. gets you and you think, I can't, I can't turn mm. back on it. <laughs> yeah. Do you, this might sound like a strange question, but do you love boxing? I think I do, yeah. There's times when I've, you know, I don't, and and now, because I've been around it, there were times where every bit of boxing, every boxing show I could possibly watch, I would watch or I'd go to, always buying boxing news every week, who's been out, who's been out. Yeah. And I still do love it and I watch boxing, but not as much as I I used to. Yeah. Um, But I am still a boxing fan. You know, like on my social media is pretty much the majority of stuff I follow Mm. is boxing. Yeah. so yeah, I do love it, and and that's what like I I hear you know I listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff about boxers who've retired and how mm-hmm. they struggle, and I'm like, oh, I hope I don't I hope I don't struggle. Yeah. I hope I'm not a victim of that. Yeah. But you know it must it is going to be hard because mm-hmm. like I've done it since I were at school. You know some lads that do it even early. You know they, you're allowed your first fight at eleven, mm-hmm. and like Josh um, Jim he he had his first fight at eleven, so. You know, he's pretty much all his life. Mm-hmm. He's boxed, and you're like, what? What do you do when it's when yeah. you don't? Do you understand now that you're in this position and you've done this for so long? Why professional fighters m- may go off the rails, whether it's drink oh, or drugs or yeah. women or alcohol or yeah. betting, gambling, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you live a pretty regimental life. Yeah, and uh, you know when that's gone, you. No, I'm, I'm not there, but you can imagine so, you know, what I've listened to, mm-hmm. like the buzz around fight week, and obviously it wasn't that long ago for me, but yeah. the excitement, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to a hotel today, I'm going to see other fighters, and yeah. having my pictures taken in my shorts, the promo, yeah. the press conference, yeah. and you're like, it's exciting, and you, you know, you're really excited for it, and obviously when it all goes well, and you get the win on fight night, mm-hmm. and the buzz of that, and when that's gone, you're like, what? What do you look forward to? And obviously there's, there's your family and your kids, which is it's unconditional love and mm-hmm. spend time with. But 
even still like you know when the kids are in bed and you lie there and you're thinking well what's where's the where's the next adrenaline rush mm-hmm. going to come from where's that yeah. feeling when you know like everybody talking like what I've heard everybody talking to you in the street now like, every, like for me at minutes everybody's still congratulating me and chuffed for me with a fight in the wind and mm-hmm. talking about that and like in a couple of weeks it's going to be so when's the next fight and then I'm mm-hmm. and then in my head I'm like right when's that date coming yeah. start training let's start the process again mm-hmm. and it's exciting to think what's going to be next yeah. so when that ends it's like what what do you do um you know I've, I think I'll be all right like I said earlier I've got a great a great wife so um my daughter Bo who I will wear on my shorts and I've got another one in way in two mm-hmm. weeks, so that's obviously going to keep me busy and I put my time into my family. So just hopefully that's that'll be enough for me. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, you're right, you know what you're saying. Like even when I interview former world champions, yeah, I hate even introducing them as like you know former world champ because I always feel like it's mm. you know that in that moment they might go. I used to be a world champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm not sure, anymore. I'm sure they will remember. <laughs> The time when they had the Van Rays, new world champion, and, and, and yeah. it felt like yesterday, and yeah. their memories will come streaming back yeah. to them. And it's still a fantastic achievement. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. No one will ever take your, the, yeah, the, exactly, you yeah. being a world champion away. Yeah. But it's just one of those things. And then also when you work in the industry, you see how fast-paced everything is. Oh, yeah, You yeah. know, you're yeah. flavour of the month, and then, yeah. you know, maybe you lose, maybe you have two losses, and then no one cares. Yeah. It's brutal. I wanted to see... Um, on the zone, someone says the zone had put something about your fight or a little clip or something. So I wanted to see it. This yeah. were like maybe four, or five, maybe six days after the fight. Mm. So I went onto their Twitter to their media, you know, like where you click media. So I'm yeah. like, fucking hell, how far <laughs> down is that? Off? And you're like, like you say, it just moves on, right? Yeah. That, show, that show's done, well done, everybody. Now we're going to start That's getting ready it. for our next show. And you're like, it just. Yes. the circle just goes and goes it's and yeah. it's rapid isn't it yeah it really is like even that's exa- that is exactly it that you know there's so much um of a hoo-ha made yeah, for yeah. build up yeah. and then as soon as that yeah the the, the lights go out that night the next day it's yeah. on to the next one and i remember sat, i think it was sunday sunday because i didn't stay in the fighters hotel me and my wife booked an hotel just outside of leeds mm-hmm. Because we wanted somewhere just so we could relax and stuff. So, you know, we'd got the fight over and done with him. Like, we were like, because she, she drove us on fight night. We left the hotel room and it's like, right, next time we come back to this hotel, we'll be world champion, we'll have a new belt. And then that was the case. We yeah. were there and then sat around at breakfast next day. We were having breakfast and like, that's it. It's done. All over. And like, yeah. remember... God, it, I think I think for the fight, we knew like 15 weeks before the fight that we were, we were having that fight. Obviously, mm. we couldn't announce until yeah. Matt Trim had announced. But sat there, we're like, God, how long has the build-up been? You know, 15 mm. weeks ago, we were like, you know, getting them butterflies, oh, this fight's coming, this is what's next. Yeah. And then like, sat here now, it feels like that, it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's been and done. And like, right now, now what? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like... It, did, what, you bring what, the, it did you bring the bell to breakfast? No, because I had to give it him back, didn't I? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah so you could do that. Yeah, that yeah, were even yeah. worse, even <laughs> more of an anticlimax. Like, I've got these black eyes to show for it. Um, what, what, what I was worried about staying in, not the fighters' hotel, if I stayed in the fighters' hotel, when you go down for breakfast next day, everybody mm. knows what's happened. Yeah. 
but I was worried at that fight. Obviously, we, we went after we checked in after weighing, um, and I thought I'm going to come round to breakfast next day. Everybody's going to be sat there looking at me with black eyes, thinking, "Look at this thug." <laughs> He's been out around Leeds. He's got himself filled in. Yeah. And now look at him with black eyes. But luckily, uh, when we checked in, the, there was the manager and a, and a youngish lad who were working there. And he said, oh, you know, you, you come for a weekend getaway sort of thing. And I hate telling it because I don't want to sound like I'm showing yeah. up or I'm boxing, I'm a boxer, yeah. this and that. Uh, but my wife says, oh, no, we're, we're here for boxing at... Um, in Edinley Stadium, like quite, quite quietly, it's not so everyone yeah. heard. But then the young lad says, "Oh, my mate's boxing on that." So all right, I says, who's, "Who's your mate?" Because I knew everyone on Berlin. He says, "Brandon, Brandon Stansted, who I think was second on the bill." Yeah. Uh, and I know Brandon. We've trained him. We've sparred plenty of rounds. So I saw, I saw no Brandon. Uh, I says, "Tell him Max." He said, "Hello." Um, and then later he, he came and dropped some off at his room. I said, "Are you, go- are you going to watch?" tomorrow night and then he went I can't I've got to work so no way but then uh, when we did arrive back he was on the same shift with the same manager and they were both there and they were they just clapped and said congratulations yeah. we, we watched it because uh, it was quiet in the hotel that night since yeah. we got it on stream so brilliant and then what they'd then done is when the day shift came in mm. they said oh there's, there'll, there'll be a lad he's got black eyes but he were, he were boxing and he won world title last night so that eased my into breakfast. Like yeah. when I when I come down and we saw the guy on desk, he's like, "Oh, you, you're guessing you're the boxer." <laughs> Says we were told to say congratulations by night shift team, oh. and it was same every every member of staff then who came up. They like came up and says. Congratulations! We were told that you were the boxer. <laughs> no. Yeah, so that that eased it in. I didn't feel yeah. like I had been judged too much then. So I thought at least they know. Isn't that a lovely moment? Like, yeah, isn't yeah. that lovely? Like, and, it, and it, well, what, what what my wife said were really nice. Is it were low key? Yeah, really low key. Where I suppose it is nice in the fighters' hotel. You know, like people who you really val- uh, opinions who you respect, they come up. Yeah. But it's it's flat out. It's intense boxing talk. She says, "What's nice is it's really low key." Yeah. They've come up. They've said congratulations, and then they're going back to the job. She says, "Whereas yeah. when you're in the fighters' hotel, it's just reliving it, talking about everything you've both yeah. spoke about in the night." So it yeah. was nice. Yeah. Um, so H- yeah how has nice. your wife? Because um, obviously she's been with you for so long. I mean, she's seen this entire. Yeah. journey yeah so she's obviously also you know i say she has some great, great conversations or a great yeah, chat as yeah. well because she's the one that gets to see how the room changes for you you know and how the people in it change yeah, yeah absolutely. you know what i mean so she's getting to observe yeah you know maxi used the superstar coming yeah, in yeah. do you know what i mean yeah. or the world champion yeah um so how has she managed because now you, you you do have a lot of media attention now you know I, I imagine there's a lot of people asking for photographs you know yeah yeah and that's only going to get more yeah. intense yeah and she understands it she knows how it works and obviously creating raising your profile and yeah and I, i'm humble i'm down to earth i'm mm-hmm. not i'm not arrogant so i will always have time like what one thing i did feel bad on the entrance to head in the fight night were just horrendous they just not got the organization of it down because mm-hmm. a lot of people were making their own way instead of us getting a lift from match room because we we're close as we'll make our own way there mm-hmm. so we turned to put one gate and then they were like right here's your wristband you can't park here. You've got to drive all the way around, park right on the side. Yeah. So we got there and they were like, right, where it's fighters entrance. There's all that gate that you came in. So I had to walk all the way around. Somebody actually sniggered at me. They weren't disrespectful. They were like, 
and that Max Hughes, he's fighting for a world title tonight. What's he doing walking around here with us? And I, I just thought, put my head down. But then some young lads spotted me and the dad were like, oh, Maxi, Maxi, can, can be young and get a photo? And I were losing my head because of where I had to walk. Yeah. And I just thought, I want to get in change. I want to get my head on fight tonight. Yeah. Well, I didn't ever said no. I said, yeah, come on then. And then yeah. dad had a pint in his hand and he's trying to get his oh, phone out. Oh, I don't know. Young, I can see it. The young I see lad the even moments. says, the young lad even piped up. He said, dad, come on. He's, get he's your shit together. Tonight. And he's like, sorry, sorry, sorry. And then by the time he'd done that, people had turned around and spotted. They're like, oh, Maxi, come, come oh. here. I'm like, oh. He says, yeah, come on, quick. And then that were it. And I was like, I, I didn't turn him down. But I, yeah. I, so they, I did see one of photos. And I think the how I did feel was the look on my face. <laughs> Arresting bitch face again, <laughs> yeah. Maxie, was I, it? It was our feeling. Because I was like, I just want to get in and I want to get, get my head on game. But, but I mean, that's understandable, is it not? Yeah, you're, yeah. I mean, you're yeah. not... You're not going in to play a game of golf, yeah, you yeah, know. No offense yeah. to the golf, but yeah, yeah. I'm sure you have to get in the zone there as well. Serious, but like, sport, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, consuming your energy, yeah. like the whole art. But my yeah. wife does see it, and there's some people like she's she's wary. Like when we got to walk out of venue, she says, mm. she says, put your head down because there's going to be a lot of drunk people. And she says, and once one put one spot her. And bearing in mind she's thirty odd weeks pregnant, she yeah. says. I'm busting for the toilet already, and I want to. I want to. I want to get back to the hotel. I'm starving. Yeah. Because she'd not eaten out all night with yeah. the, with her nerves as well. Yeah. Um. But she again, she's been on this journey with me. So, mm. one thing I will say about her, she's a great reader of fights and boxing. Her knowledge on boxing is absolutely brilliant. Really. Just from because she does enjoy it. She does yeah. enjoy a good fight and stuff. And. You know, one thing she's called a few times watching boxing, because she sometimes has a little bet on it. Yeah. Go on. What, say, what's your wife's name? Sophie. Sophie. Fair play to you, Sophie. She'll, she'll say, I'm going to call, she'll say, I'm going to call a draw on this fight. And a couple of times she's got it and all. No way. And you're like, fair play to you. I'll be sending her a message the next yeah. big fight. I'm right, <laughs> yeah. what's your bets? Go yeah. on, we put on a bet. Yeah, so uh, she's, she's seen it all. And, uh, and she's now, I'm going to have to put her down on my books as bookkeeper, because she's doing my books. She's helping trying to get me some sponsorships and stuff. So she's just all around, uh, you know, a good a good supporter of me. and Never you know. leave her. <laughs> no, she oh, yeah. sounds too good to yeah. be true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, when you look back at that journey that we're talking about, is it as you expected it now that you've gotten that world title? No, no I never expected. Really? Well, never. I, I've said it before. I turned pro with no, no real ambitions. Mm. And then... I had this, at the time I had the same manager as Gary Sykes, yeah. uh, who were currently British Super Featherweight champion. So I then started sparring Gary and watching a couple of Gary's British title defences, and I was like, "Well, I, I was doing all right with him." Uh, I thought, "God, I'm doing all right with British champion here," and I was like, "I don't mind one of them belts. Like, I don't mind being British champion." Mm. So then that was my goal to be British champion, and, and I was sort of happy with that. Yeah. Um, after losing for Central Area, it felt like British title was a million miles away. Mm-hmm. So, but I kept it as my goal, kept heading towards it. Um, obviously, I, I got a draw with Martin Ward in a British title eliminator. Yeah. Then I lost the rematch, so he was a step closer to that. I was a step further away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kept kept it in my goal, kept grinding towards it. Won a British title eliminator in Belfast against unbeaten James Fryers. So I thought, right, I'm, I am closer now, mm. closer. Got med mandatory, 
and Martin Ward had gone on and got that British title, so it was a third fight with him for it, and really believed I was going to win. I think I think I might have been winning. I know on Tony Bellews, who was commentating on his mm-hmm. scorecard, unofficial, he'd got me ahead after nine rounds, mm-hmm. but myself not boxing 12 rounds before. Uh, Martin's experience in them championship rounds just mm-hmm. uh, got him that win. And again, something I learned from, but losing just thought I'm still I still want that British still want that British so and I was sort of content with that and I never in a million years thought I'm going to be fighting for world titles Mm -hmm. Uh, I had I had that little world champions fit in there there's not many of them and and I had them up there on a massive pedestal way up there and I thought I'm not even going to try and get up there on that pedestal with them but Mm -hmm. you know I just kept aiming for the British and you know it was only this year that I got it mm-hmm. and it, uh, it was just like right now what and then the uh, this opportunities came and I thought wow I, I'm, I am going further than mm-hmm. I ever expected but I thought I'm going to go with it because you know my gym mates my trainer they all tell me I'm good enough they all tell yeah. me I'm world class so I thought just go for it mm-hmm. what have I got to lose I only wanted a British I've achieved that just go for it and you know now I'm in maybe it's that mentality the no pressure just go for it sort of thing that's yeah that's paid off and from your last fight you know where you won the the um at Headingley um the moment with with Josh your teammate Josh Warrington you know as he's warming up you go into the change rooms and you have the belt and everything and it's his reaction you yeah, know, yeah. it's like that little clip of like how happy he is for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, that sort of in itself symbolizes team, oh, you know, yeah. like camaraderie, yeah. you know, support system, yeah, like yeah. all those things. Yeah. You see it in a 10 second clip of how happy yeah. that that room is and that changing room is yeah, for you to like come back in. You boxing know? is a, a solo sport, but well, it is a solo sport, but what goes into it is all team effort to get to mm. that point to team effort and. You know, you you come very close with your training partners because you spend so much time together, mm-hmm. and and we all we all get on really well. So we're a good close team. So and it helps Josh's mindset. Um, you know, his gym mates just going out and put on a clinical performance. So you know, it's positivity yeah. in his mind. So mm-hmm. it, um, I'm sure it would have helped him for heading into his fight for mm-hmm. his mindset yeah absolutely absolutely um, could you imagine doing anything other than this now what do you mean anything other than boxing yeah sort of thing? I know you have the little side, your little side piece going on but I mean <laughs> boxing is your main is yeah. your main thing right now well boxing is my job now I'm, yeah. I'm just painting and decorating because it's my hobby yeah how <laughs> lovely is that in itself yeah. you know yeah um, <laughs> well that's what I want to do now I'm, I'm trying to get some sponsorship so I can do it full time mm. so I can like that I did, I did a six week camp like off work got some sponsorship so we're all we're all here if I, if I mention him Sunbelt Spars Ben Webbs Grab Ayer, Hunters Weatherby Joe Booth Drew Bathgate Ringside and on my back we've got Mick Taylor Builders and Darren from DNEL all them guys made it possible for me yeah. to have a six week camp and I think I showed what I can do by being full time then. Mm-hmm. Um my my previous performances in my previous three what I won um were good performances mm-hmm. but I feel like I took it to an another level um in Edinley. So 
Well, that's what I want to do now. I, yeah. I want to picture myself as a, a, well, I don't want to picture it. I want to be a full-time athlete. And, mm-hmm. you know, like like you see on so many other boxers who are doing it full-time. And I think that's what, that's the life I want. Mm-hmm. Now, now I'm sort of at the latter end of my career. I want to give it everything. I, I, now I want to see how far I can go. I want mm-hmm. big, big fights. I want to go to America. So I just want to see how far I can go. And I, and I feel like being full-time will allow that and just bring the best out in me. Absolutely. And as we say, you are very much in, you know, the pinnacle of your career yeah. and a fantastic point and spot. But when it is all over, how would you like to be remembered? Just still working class hero, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Just somebody I've, who's done it, done it the hard way, never took easy fights, took his opportunities and, and, and earn, is it, is it, that saying, I get it mixed up. Is it earn your stripes or strides? Stripes. Stripes. I think it's stripes anyway. Yeah. I, I think, well, go, or, well, let's er, go with er, that er, one. Is it stripes? Our producer is also saying it's stripes. It's yeah. stripes, right. Yeah. Someone who's... Making strides, stripes. earning your stripes. <laughs> yeah. You can say it both, yeah. yeah. But somebody who's just dirty and done it, done it the hard way. Because um, then, no, I fought in the away corner many a time. Mm-hmm. Not got the wins. Uh, but it's not deterred me. It's just spurred me on. So, yeah, somebody who's just just grafted his way to where he's got to and earned, mm-hmm. and earned it all, earned it all on his way there. Well, I think you're you're more than on your way to achieving that. That's for sure. Yeah. But thank you so much for coming yes, in. Did you enjoy it? I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Good stuff. Thank you yeah. very much. Brilliant. Thank- I really Lovely. appreciate you coming in as well. Yeah. And congratulations, world champion. You world know, champion. It is no easy feat. Yeah. So congratulations. That was episode seven of the First Exchange podcast with world champion Maxi Hughes.